This podcast is part of the Democracy Group. American democracy is in trouble. Fierce partisanship, demonization of opposing perspectives, and persistent structural and institutional discrimination and racism threaten the core foundation of our political system. In this episode of Democracy Matters, our team at the James Madison Center for Civic Engagement reflects on 2020 and our nonpartisan efforts to promote informed electoral participation, ensure a complete count in the 2020 census, and to create opportunities for people to learn about and take action on the problems they care about most. We recognize our privilege to continue this work amidst a global pandemic that exacerbated existing socioeconomic and racial inequities. Our students also talk about what more they would do to strengthen our democracy. Enjoy the episode. So we thought it would be nice to gather everyone at the end of the year and just take a moment to look back and reflect. Um, We've heard the word unprecedented used excessively this year. Um, But I wonder, as we're reflecting, how will each of you remember 2020? I think it's a tough question because there's so many (laughs) events um, and changes to look back on in 2020, but I think at least one way that I can feel it personally um, is something I would look back on, and maybe this is true to college-age students and, you know, our generation, what we've lived through and not lived through, and that's just this feeling of you know, shared experience and having this kind of mutual understanding of something all together. And I think I definitely felt that um, living through 2020 is, I had a new connection to almost anyone I met because we were all living through the pandemic together. Um, And I think that definitely made a big change in the way or what my outlook is on the world and communicating with other people. Um, in work and in personal life, but I definitely will remember this year's a pretty unique experience of having um, so many shared, um, so much shared knowledge or experience with people I probably would never um, encounter um, before. This is Abe, and I want to hear from Drew because I was just thinking about Drew. didn't we watch Super Tuesday results together way back in February in the Democratic primary? We did. That was a while ago, but yeah, we did. And, and and think about how much the world has changed since then. So I'm curious your answer. Yeah, I think it's just like when it rains, it pours. Um, following such like a historic and momentous political landscape, a really divisive political landscape. Um, And then the pandemic coming along with a variety of other things and other challenges we faced uh, in voter registration and voter education. Um, Yeah. I think that I'll remember 2020, obviously coronavirus, but um, spending a lot more time with um, my family that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to. Um, You know, with basketball and everything, I'm usually gone all summer. Um, You know, I'm don't get to go home as much and this year I really got to spend a lot more time with my parents that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to um which was really great and also just um I guess kind of just what everyone else has been saying about you know coming together and everyone like experiencing the same thing at the same time I feel like that really just doesn't happen where you know we're all on lockdown we're all um you know, trying to just get through this time together. And, um, you know, obviously it was a really hard year, but I think that, um, you know, I learned a lot about myself and about, um, you know, what I want um, to like spend most of my focus and and my time on. Um, So I I think, you know, I had valuable lessons this year, but obviously, you know, it was was a rough one. Right, I agree with that. And um, it's interesting, a couple of people have noted like the um, the generational consciousness or the, the cross consciousness of, of everybody that was living through this. It's really interesting to experience where you automatically relate to everybody who is currently living on this planet because you all went through the same event. 
Uh, as far as far as 2020 goes, looking back on it, I'm you know obviously there were an incredible amount of challenges and failures. Uh, those will probably be those are the most pertinent to us right now, and those will probably be the ones that are most remembered looking back in the future. But also, in many ways, it made us more prepared as humans uh, for events that were similar to this. I think we can expand our our capacity in in terms of you know epidemiology and getting through diseases, and it also, in many ways, uh, through all of the heartbreak that it brought, it kind of brought us together in a more in a closer way, which is also interesting considering it, it really was meant to push us all apart. But uh, I think that's probably how I'll, I'll look back on it in the future. A lot of times people, I like this question because like a lot of times people will ask you, how are you staying positive through this? Um, and actually the same question was asked to me by JMU's own President Alger um, to me and Ryan, and I had no answer. Um, and I don't think I'm really staying positive through this. Um, and like maybe I'll look back on this podcast and be like, wow, I was so negative then. Um, but there are a lot of negative things um, over our world and like and over us as individuals. And I think it's OK to just like take some time and reflect on that and like sit with that discomfort rather than just like roll past it. Like I'm not saying that any of you guys are. I think a lot of people in general are. And this is like a notable exception, which is what I really like. And I think like as we approach the holiday season and like we're sitting here like celebrating with our families and we have that luxury, like there are hundreds of thousands of people in the hospital and like 300,000 Americans are dead and like, I don't know uh, where to go from there. So I think I'm just going to look at 2020 as a year of profound loss, like on a grand scale and on a small scale. Well, I think it's really important to acknowledge that this has been a challenging year and we're all all of us on this podcast are really privileged in a lot of ways especially compared to others um, who may be situated in different places around the world um, not just in the United States and um, I think it's important to recognize that privilege and recognize that it's there there's a lot more happening <laughs> um, and and not much, you know, it's, it's, it's important to keep striving for positive change, but, it, you know, much of this year has not been positive, as you know, Emily. Charlie, you still have a couple more years at JMU. <laughs> um, what are you, how will you remember this year and, and think of it in the broader arc of history? I think, uh, and this was touched on earlier, the way that this has been sort of a collective struggle for everyone, I think that... It was like that and it penetrated sort of every level of what I did this year and what, what I was able to do this year. And I think part of what it led me to do was I kept, I tried to keep really busy with school and organizations, but when stuff was over, I tried to always have like a thing to do just so, you know, I could have, just have like sort of a bit more structure because this... The, the pandemic sort of uprooted a lot of structure that I had in just sort of general life. But I feel like that keeping busy has inadvertently kind of moved me. It's, it's helped me a lot, actually, because it's led me to like read, read books I probably wouldn't have read in different circumstances and sort of broaden my horizons. And it's helped me do I feel like during the during this past semester through online courses and just because of Zoom, I feel like I was able to do a little bit more stuff that I would have been able to do otherwise just because it's all on the computer and it's a bit more just easy to get. There's no transportation costs. So I feel like it, even though it was incredibly difficult and it pressed me a lot, I would say that it, it helped me expand my horizons a lot. And in some ways, it set me up for better things in the future. But it has also been a, a large struggle that's sort of been everywhere. And that's, that's been the other side of it. Diego, how will you remember 2020? Oof. I think 2020 is absolutely kind of the year that, at least in my personal life, I've definitely like 
turned over a new leaf. I think I, I really felt myself striding into like a whole new like chapter of my life. Um, you know, in the work that I'm doing and just like in my relationship to the work that I do. And also like kind of more globally, it feels like 2020 was the year that everyone got like a splash of cold water in their face. And it seems like, I don't know, like kind of a chance for us to like reevaluate kind of what future are we building? What kind of future do we want to build? and what we need to do to get to what we want. And, you know, obviously that's not the same for everyone on the planet, but I think generally, like, you know, a lot of people are taking a harder look at the things, at the way things have been and are asking the question, does it have to be this way? And that's a really exciting uh, question for me. And I found myself asking that question in my life too. And, you know, making decisions that um, I wouldn't have really, I would have considered inconvenient uh, before or would have thought, um, you know, not, you know, I wouldn't have really taken the time to honestly consider. So I think, um, yeah, 2020 was like a, a wake up call. Yeah, I really like um, what Diego just said about it being a wake up call, because for me personally, I mean, a year ago today, I remember being so excited, like to ring in the new year, the year I graduate from college, like the year like life should be great. I mean, in my opinion. Um, and then like March happened and I was like, wait a minute. No, like, this is not how this year is supposed to unfold. Um, and then, I mean, the year just continued to play out the way it did. And now when I look back, I mean, again, like Diego said, like cold water, like right in my face, like right in everybody's face. I feel like, I feel like it's really been like a year of reckoning, at least for me and also just for America in general. I feel like everything that has happened, especially the pandemic, so many people losing loved ones, so many people dying, just so much unnecessary sadness. I just think that especially going into a new year. Um, I think that everybody really needs to reflect on lessons learned um, politically and based off of the pandemic. Just I think it revealed a lot of people's honestly ugly sides. Um, and I mean, me personally, I've learned a lot. I've learned how to be so grateful for my family and my own health and the health of the people around me. And I think it's something that a lot of people took for granted. Um, so I'm thankful about that lessons learned for myself. Kyle, how will you remember 2020? So I actually, when I, when I thought about this, I actually, of all things, I thought about a tweet <laughs> that I put out uh, sometime around this time last year. And I said something along the lines of, 2020 is going to be my year um, because my favorite number is 20. So 2020, that makes sense. And it was not my year, <laughs> uh, to say it nicely. Uh, and I think that's what 2020, I mean, 2020, I don't think it's been a, anybody's year. I don't think it's been the year for the world. Uh, but I think with, the, with all of that, I think there's a lot of expectations for what the year was going to be like. Uh, you know, a lot of folks were definitely, like every year, people are excited for the new year to start, things to start fresh and things to be new. And I and that's not necessarily what it was um, throughout the year. I, I'd say this year was a was a year for a reality check. Um, that's, how I'm gonna, that's how I'm gonna remember this year is being one of the biggest reality checks I've ever had. Uh, because, you know, I can make a thousand plans, but it can go awry in a thousand different ways um, for each one of those thousand plans. And so that's sort of what that year has been like. There's been a lot of things that have been, you know, that have been burdensome this year. Um, you know, too many things to list, honestly. But there's also been things where there's been some triumphs. Um, there's been things where 
where we can, I think I can say I'm proud of. I think many other Americans and uh, in general can say that they're proud of. And you know, I've, I've sort of learned this year to start to appreciate a lot of those small things because when reality, when reality comes in um, and hits you like a semi, <laughs> I think you start to learn to appreciate um, any silver lining you can get. But yeah, that's that. I guess that's sort of how I'll be remembering 2020. Nadia, how will you remember 2020? With its challenges and everything, um, we definitely learned a lot about ourselves, um, and we've learned a lot to appreciate. Um, definitely for me, learning how to learning how to look at things in a different way um, has definitely been something that I wasn't expecting um, as you know a new year is always like starting from blank page and you think everything will be great and it will be better and it's a little 2020 was a little bit unexpected but I I definitely learned a lot from it and uh, I definitely grew a lot as a person. Abe, what are you going to remember from this year? You know, I, I mean, I think what Emily said is really profound. Um, this year is marked, will be marked by an incredible amount of heartache, an incredible amount of loss, um, an incredible amount of divisiveness, um, social unrest, political unrest. Inequity, I think a lot of the problems that have persisted in our country for generations had a big spotlight being shined on them throughout this year. I'm not sure that we were introduced to new problems. I think hopefully what we saw is just how dire the situation is for so many people in so many communities. And so for those reasons, this has been a very painful year because it's reminded us of all that is going on around us. And Carrie, you're right. We we come at this from a privileged situation. It's important to see this, but it would be even more important if we could find ways to leverage what we've learned in 2020 to make society better. And so for that reason, I'm actually still hopeful about the future of our country about of the future of, of communities we serve and the people that we work with. Um, I've, I've said this without a recording button on before, but I'll say it now that I'm being recorded. What gives me an incredible amount of hope is the very people that we are in conversation with on this podcast episode. Here's a group of students, undergraduate students, earning their degree. I, I forget that they're taking full class loads involved in other organizations, but have still dedicated their their time with us to prepare, to help prepare and to lead efforts to prepare students and community members to make democracy better. And that is so damn inspiring Um, and selfless. And so to me, if, 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 if what we are seeing from the young people that we get to work with every day is indicative of what's going on on campuses around the country, I, I can't wait for the future because I think that, that they're slowly, incrementally, but surely and powerfully and meaningfully creating something much better than what they are inheriting. And so despite the challenges and the heartache, um, I I remain extremely hopeful and even excited about what's to come. Kara, (laughs) you didn't let me off the hook. 2020. For me, this year just reminded me of the importance that you can never really stop making change. or stop trying to make change. I think, you know, we saw all of these challenges thrown at us. I I was thinking about something that one of our colleagues, Terry Beitzel said about this year in one of our programs and, you know, how this year was just a confluence of 
major historical events all, all occurring at once this year. Um, I think he said, you know, we had the civil rights movement happening at the same time as a global pandemic at the same time as economic collapse, whereas, you know, each of those individual things had occurred in our history before. Um, we had all of them happen at once this year. And, you know, I think hopefully that will be recognized in the future that we were facing all of these major challenges at one time. And hopefully we will be remembered for trying to address those challenges in a meaningful way. But it's, it's hard when we see that the deep political divisions that Drew and, and others have recognized, um, you know, sort of prevented us from really doing so. Um, and so I think we'll, we'll, we'll kind of look back on those, those political divisions as inhibiting us from making and addressing the major problems that we faced. And, and I think I think one of the things that I continue to grapple with is this notion of privilege and and when we when we have privilege what are we doing with it and are we are we using it to the best of our abilities to to address the problems that we see um, so as as Abe said you all give us hope <laughs> you give me hope too um, and, and that's kind of what I hang on is that, you know, maybe the future generations will do a much better job than, 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 we're, than we're doing in, in, in grappling with the challenges that we face. So thinking back on what we did this year, um, what do you think you'll remember most from your work at JMU Civic and Duke's Vote in 2020 and our work um, to create a more just and inclusive democracy and what do you think was our most meaningful event and why? Why don't we start with Nikki? Um, I think that my favorite part and just what was the most meaningful for me was um, getting the athlete, all these student athletes registered to vote. Um, I kind of put a focus on the election this year and this is something I was really passionate about was to make a change. So. Um, I've had to just start small and get, you know, my peers registered to vote and ending up with 100% registration is kind of amazing, I think. And um, obviously I couldn't have done that without, you know, the help of you guys and, and all the events that we put on and the seminars that we do with the athletes. And so I want to thank you guys for that. Um, but yeah, I guess just getting all the athletes registered to vote was really, really amazing in my opinion. I feel like an old timer um, looking at this question because I don't know why, but it's really hitting home to remembering the work at Jamie Civic in 2020. I mean, this was my last election season out of many um, with Jamie Civic, and it really felt like every challenge an organizer could think of during election season was thrown at us. Um, a part of my work at Jamie Civic is talking a lot with other student organizers at other campuses um, with help of Student Voting Network with Campus Vote Project. And, you know, we had calls almost every week on average, at least um, maybe two a week. And just <laughs> the barriers to civic participation and fostering inclusive democracy I mean, those were enormous in 2020, and I just, I will forever remember the creative ways that, you know, peers at other, other universities um, and work to overcome these. And it just, you know, what Abe was saying earlier, just watching people on this team and at other universities doing this work and just putting in those hours for, you know, in hopes of ensuring that this election, you know, heard the voices it needed to hear and that people were included in it. Um, I will remember, you know, I'm proud of this team for all the creative 
um, organizing we did and all the programming that we were able to accomplish despite all the challenges. Um, and I think talking about, I, I don't know, out of all the years at JMU, this will be, um, I think today, you know, it's about three and a half years of doing this. I certainly will remember this election season as the most challenging, but also the most critical. Um, you know, the 2020 displayed just how important um, democratic structures are in our country. And I think every little effort we did to communicate that to our community and ensure that the voice of our community was included in it um, is something that I will always be proud of and happy to be happy to have been a part of. But I think the most meaningful event, I mean, there's so many that I could talk about and I was so honored to be a part of things like our town halls. I see it's just so important because we were able to bring, um, you know, people that are seeking p powerful positions to, to the grassroots level and ensure that our students had that conversation time. But honestly, I think one of our most meaningful events that I credit most, I think Emily Baker took the lead on this and Kara's class. Um, so I didn't even have the biggest hand in it, but it was the um, debate watch parties and the conversations that occurred on Discord, because I think it's just the perfect example of 2020 throwing a curveball of open dialogue and being such a challenge. And this team meeting that challenge with providing an open space for students to discuss what they're seeing in government around them and ensuring that that's you know there for them if they want to use it and i saw that a student a lot of students did use it and it was kind of a beautiful thing to see that be able to come through even during um this pandemic and the devices divisiveness of this election emily um i wonder if you want to elaborate because um, you really did have such an important role, um, especially with um, a lot of writing, um, with the voter guide, with primers and discord conversations um, and other virtual programs. All right. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you, Anna, for hyping me up like that. Um, I think what I'm going to like remember most about my work here is just the energy that each and every single person brings to the table. Like, I feel energized, like, right now, just being on this call. Um, and I feel energized around each and every one of you, too. And, like, to see the passion and the creativity that everyone brings to the, this experience. Um, and I think it really does represent the values of democracy and, like, in its purest form and, like, what democracy should be. Um, I think... What's really valuable about our work too is like, like Anna said, we're meeting people where they are. Um, I cannot think, like I can't, I don't even think I could name every single program that we have put on this semester. Um, and that's amazing. And I think we're doing amazing work. Um, I was gonna say that my favorite event is Party at the Polls, actually. I just like the energy that's there. And I love how it's like a culmination of a lot of hard work um, and also representation that really this team never stops moving. Um, I've really just been happy to be here all year and I'm so excited that like I've had the opportunity to get involved in this work um, because I came to this position because I really just liked attending Center for Civic Engagement programs um, and so I'm really glad that I get to keep doing it. Ryan, I wonder if you might weigh in on, on your thoughts about our work this year and, and what you'll remember most. It's difficult to go later in this question because I just agree so much with what everybody has said so far. Um, really, the work that we do here is incredibly rewarding. I agree uh, with what Emily had to say, where meeting people where they are is such an important thing in this style of work and in a lot of different uh, styles of work at the university and in life. But I think probably what I'll look back on the most is obviously gearing up uh, for the 2020 election and the different things that we did to be able to enable our electorate to take part in that, to be informed and educated citizens, which is so important to us and what we do. Uh, that goes as far as, it's not one specific event, but an array of voter registration drives that I loved being out there and getting people registered and making sure that everybody's able to figure out what they need to do on election day and prior. I loved how 
obviously the expanded early voting. It was wonderful to see so many people go out there and vote early and really get excited about it, because uh, obviously the work that we do, that excites all of us. But it's fantastic to see other people uh, excited about it as well. Uh, I know, Kara, you did an, an amazing amount of work on the census and making sure that everybody was counted in Harrisonburg and in our community. Uh, which is obviously something fantastic that we did this year. It's just so many. 2020 was a colossal year for for political engagement, civic engagement. And we really, as Anna mentioned, we met that head on. And I think we did a tremendous job. Thank you, Ryan. I, I often forget that this year was also the year we had the census. So thank you for bringing that in. When, as we were, as Abe and I are doing some writing this week, I was like, oh my gosh. Census was also this year. <laughs> it felt like a decade ago. <laughs> uh, I would say the my favorite thing that I did this year was the just beginning with Duke's vote and JMU Civic. Uh, this I, I joined in about October, but during that process, one some of my favorite things I did was some of the talks I did with different organizations about. Uh, poll working and being an elections officer and how that could be of value to both you and your community. I would say that my favorite one that my favorite talk that I did was probably with uh, Madison Equality because they were the ones that talked to me the most. Uh, there, there were a few where all the cameras were off. I was the only one who had the, had the camera on and I was, I was just talking, but they actually they came to my door and asked me questions. They and I got to talk to them about how important it is, and it was it was just a really positive experience all the way around. And but that kind of civic engagement really this is it's re really good to see in like such a such a bleak year. Diego, what are you going to remember most about uh, your work with JMU Civic this year? Um. I think this is definitely, I'll remember this year in my work with JMU Civic as kind of like the first step in this uh, career path that deals with civic engagement. Um, I've never actually had a job that dealt with civic engagement and, um, uh, you know, these civic related issues. It's always been something that I've done uh, in my own personal time. Um, pursuing uh, as time allows. And I think having the financial support of JMU Civic and having a supportive team and like a really great group of people that I've loved getting to know, albeit from a uh, virtual uh, distance has been really just, just amazing. And I honestly, you know, am so excited about where this first step is gonna lead uh, in the future, I think. I've really been able to, my passion for this type of work has really been nurtured at JMU Civic and having a strong support system for the type of activism that I like to do is, is only emboldening me to like want to do more and have a further reach, like dig deeper and, you know, really start asking, you know, hard questions and looking for the answers, you know, in collaboration with people. Um, so it's it's not it's not one thing that's sticking out for me. It's the fact that this is, like I said, this feels like the first step on a whole new journey that I did not anticipate I was going to be on before 2020 started. Um, but I'm so so happy to see what's down the trail. Angelina, what do you think was our most meaningful event and why? I was trying to reflect on this, and it's like so difficult because I think every single one of our events is really meaningful. Um, and everything, every single one of our events um, is really impactful in different ways. So first, I think over the summer, um, all of the events that we did relating to different social and racial, racial justice issues um, were so important and meaningful because I felt like we were having those conversations and talking about those issues at such an important time. Um, especially when other higher ed institutions were not having those conversations. Um, and I felt like we were bringing in so many different voices and really trying to interact with different people related to those topics. And I just felt like 
being able to work on those events and talk to different people and um, hear their stories and their experiences were really meaningful to me. And I think that we, I, I just really think that we did an amazing job um, with those events. And also, I think our post-election programming um, was really important because this has been a very polarizing year. And I think that a lot of people um, were really scared and nervous and like mental health for everybody is like at an all-time low. So I think the fact that we provided students and people in the general community with safe and meaningful ways to reflect on the election um, and discuss their emotions and hearing the impact of the election on the United States and the world um, was really important since I think a lot of people were having a lot of election-related anxiety. And I think that um, it's just important to talk about those issues and to recognize those feelings. So for me, I think that was the most, those were the most meaningful events. When I was, so I actually thought about the most meaningful event first, um, just because that's the one I think I was, I was pondering out about the most. Um, and I was thinking and thinking and thinking, and I came to the same conclusion that Angelina had. Um, and this, and this is actually before I was, I was on the team. Um, but maybe like a couple months before I was on the team. But I, I, I was requested, I think I was requested either by you or Abe to, uh, excuse me, to come speak at uh, one of the virtual town halls. Um, and I, that was, I think that was like my first time doing anything like that, um, at least on such a big scale. And it, and it had a couple thousand views on, or views or listens, however you want to call it, on Facebook Live. And uh, yeah, I, that was sort of, that was sort of like my first, like, I guess like dip into like, uh, like into civic engagement. Um, but that was that was at a time where um, racial tensions were at the forefront of Americans' minds. It was at the forefront of JMU's mind, and you know, I it, it was something that went you know as we were going through all the different questions and everything. Uh, it was something that I think everybody on that call wanted to make sure that they were doing some type of justice towards. And we're making sure that, hey, uh, we're doing something that helps create a forward movement um, for the community and a forward for movement for, I can't speak, a forward movement for the movement, if that makes sense. Uh, it's going, so that it's going in the right direction. And, you know, a lot of people who were on that call uh, were JMU faculty, JMU students, uh, and like I even like in some of my classes, um, you know, coming up this semester, they they recognize my name just because of that, you know, that particular um, uh, Facebook live. And it was like, oh, I did. It, it was like that's sort of like a wake up call to say, oh, this is having an impact. Um the work that we're doing in civic has an impact. People are paying attention. Um to what's being said, what's being done. And I guess that sort of goes in, uh, leads into the other question uh, is, you know, I, you know, the work that that's being done is nice and it's nice to see tangible things being done um, on a policy level at JMU when it comes to racial justice, um, when it comes to this zero tolerance policy and, you know, uh, training and programming for cultural competency at JMU. Um, but it, it's, you know, I, a lot of the work is, a lot of that work is for, you know, long-term effects. And it, it can, a lot of times it can feel like that those long-term effects aren't actually coming in because it's, it's time-consuming and tedious. But it's it's nice. Yeah, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of being recognized. Uh, but it's nice to see that a lot of the work that seems monotonous a lot of the times, even though it, uh, even the not to call racial justice work monotonous, but it, it feels good when you can see that 
you know, you, you can see the fruits of your labor before <laughs> it's even springtime. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I'm going to remember most. Well, we've been so grateful to have you, Kyle, and to have your, your contributions. Um, I know that we have a lot of work. We have a lot more work to do. And I hope, I'm excited to see um, the progress that we're going to make moving forward too. And, and that's all because we have you and, and others like you who are really working hard behind the scenes. All of us, all of you on this call are working really hard and we're all doing this work behind the scenes and, and that's what it's, it's really about. This was my first year uh, working here. So um, after I, I thought about this question for a very long time and um, I, I couldn't come to one answer. Um, the programming that we have done uh, has all served the students and the broader audience and educated in some kind of way and I'm a big believer in education um, um, everything that Angelina and Kyle and everyone said um, I agree with it and um, just adding on top of it uh, I think for me it was important the pre-election uh, I guess education uh, where we had different town halls and um, different uh, programming going on to educate about the um, upcoming elections uh, at the time. It, 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 get, it provided students with a digestible information to be able to um, understand everything, no matter w w what's your political background and how much do you know about politics, but also um, giving them very quick information and uh, very um, and accurate information from the sources itself. Um, I think that was very important for me. As I think all of you know, you know, when we, when we do Democracy Matters episodes, and I think this might be our 50th, um, we ask all of our guests the same question. What would you do to strengthen our democracy? And we get an incredible amount of answers um, from so many different perspectives, which to me sort of reminds us that there's a lot of things that people can do to strengthen democracy. Obviously not, not a singular correct answer to this question, but for leaders like yourselves who have been um, really on the front lines for as long as you have been and for as intensely as you have been. I'm curious how you would respond to this as we kind of reflect back over the year and for some of you over the past several years. What would each of you do to strengthen our democracy? You know what, I want to start with Charlie Connor. So I think that something, this is, this, I, this is a quote from, uh, Governor Al Smith, but the, the best way to combat the ex excesses of democracy is with more democracy. And I feel like this, in my mind, takes the stage of increased opportunities for people who don't typically, rep like, aren't typically represented very well to use their voice and use their, use their power and like help us help like just people in general look at issues from different lenses and and just increase the amount of public knowledge and i think democracy requires a lot of external efficacy and i think that's a key component of civic engagement and one of the things that i think would like super help our democracy would be increasing external efficacy because from from an outside point of view our political system can be really daunting and it seems like nothing that it, sometimes it seems like it's too challenging to be able to change it's too static and I, f I feel like increasing external efficacy in a lot of people would help bring new issues to the table would help mobilize a lot of people and it would help, I think, revive some faith in some of our institutions and make it appear less entrenched and more dynamic. 
more open to outside voices. And what would you do to strengthen our, what more would you do to try to strengthen our democracy? I don't know. Since I have the opportunity right now, and to a few of you, I might sound like a broken record, but the more I do this work, the more, the increased um, importance that early education, civic education has, in my heart at least. And I think strengthening our democracy includes bringing it deeper into our public education system, just informing the youth about the opportunities they have to use their voice, about the opportunities for civic participation in so many walks of life. It's invaluable later in life to the point of, you know, if you get to students in middle school and start talking about the process, start talking about the structures of power in this country and how they shouldn't be unattainable for an individual citizen. They shouldn't be um, far off for anyone in this country to be able to have a say in. And then in high school, you know, take those technical steps of getting students early um, pre-registered to the point of when they turn 18, they're going to feel that this is their right instead of something that they should be scared of. It, they, sh they hopefully will feel more so, if, you know, finally the day has come that I can use this tool um, that I have for whatever purpose and, you know, to be able to amplify what they care about and what they want to say about the world they live in. And I think, you know, past on-campus organizing, when that the day comes for that to end um, for me in May, you know, that's something I will always fight for just to create more of that structure and that communication to younger members of our society so that when they turn 18, they're prepared and they're confident and they're excited to you know, participate in our democracy because the more participants there are, the stronger it gets. And the more people understand the structures and, and have trust in it and have a say in it, then the more impactful and inclusive it can be. So I will always, always fight for that um, path to be a way to strengthen our democracy. Yeah, I, I often, you know, it, it's interesting when I see you, Anna, and all of the democracy fellows in this conversation, when you register a single person to vote, you've changed their life and you've changed society. Think about the ripple effects of that one step that you all take with people. And I think sometimes it, it can get, you know, the work that we do can maybe seem monotonous when we're continuing to do the, the same things over and over again. Um, but, but, but it's just so meaningful. And I don't want us to ever lose sight of how meaningful even the, you know, some of the work that we do may feel routine, although much of it is not routine, obviously. Um, but I love what you said about preparing and getting people excited about participating. You know, think about which it changes their conversations with their social networks when they become a voter. No, I mean, it never gets old of when you're on campus and I think this year especially I saw a change in people's just reactions and faces when you ask them if they're registered and you know, this year some people were a, a lot more people I would say were able to respond with oh I already voted and I don't think it ever gets old as an organizer to get out to vote to hear those words but you know sometimes when you're registering a senior in college, um, so on average, you know, they're probably 22, and you see the excitement and the realization in their face of, you know, what this means and what, what they're able to do now that they're registered to vote. And a part of me just wishes that they could have had that for, in Virginia, the last four years, you know, that, that they could have had that opportunity each year that, you know, by law, they're able to. And I think the structures you know, of power in this country should be doing everything they can to remind people and to give people the opportunity to see that as soon as they turn 18, you know, that that's their right to be able to vote, to be able to use their voice in that way. 
And I think anyone that doesn't promote that is taking advantage of people in a way of, you know, that's their right to have their voice in that form and helping that in any way possible. It's definitely um, a way to strengthen our democracy. Nikki, how about you? I, I mean, I think that everything Anna said was incredible. The, uh, you know, getting it in schools more and getting people uh, excited about voting because, um, I mean, in my opinion, I was this is the this year was the first time that I was able to vote, um, and I was so excited um, to be able to do that. And I was just trying to share, you know, my excitement with with other people um and like Anna said um when people said that they already voted you know and I hadn't voted yet I was like oh my gosh I need to go vote now too because all these people have have done their civic duty and and um you know I need to catch up but all of the work that we're doing here um at the center is amazing and I think you know us keeping up with what we're doing you know I think we're making a change um especially being able to, you know, partner with other organizations across the country. Um, you know, I'm honored to be a part of it um, and to, to just make a difference. And, you know, I'm going to continue to, you know, get people registered to vote and make sure that you know, my team is registered, my friends, my family um, are registered to vote and to vote in elections that are just the presidential elections. You know, a lot of people forget about those um, smaller local elections and um, you know I'm gonna try and make it you know my duty to um, just make sure that that I that people in my circle know um, that you know you don't just vote every four years Emily Baker all right I think this might be the third time I've gotten the opportunity to answer this question and I think my answer will vary widely over each of the eight times um, I think, as we can see here, there's just like so much that needs to be done to strengthen American democracy. Um, and there's so much to be done on a structural level, but there's also so much to be done on an individual level. Um, and I really liked what Nikki was saying about like making or making a change in your own small community and like sticking to it. And I know that like when I graduate and when Anna graduates and when everybody graduates, like we're all gonna go out into the world, but like I think we're still gonna be doing the work of like making sure like our friends and family are registered to vote, are voting in local elections, are staying informed. And I think that's really beautiful. Um, in an ideal world, in a perfect democracy, um, there would be a lot more um, people like us, but maybe like if we dig in and make this change, like it'll inspire others. So I'm really excited to see that happen. And I, in all the Democracy Matters episodes that we've done, I, I this is always my favorite question to listen to all of our participants answer because, you know, we have a wide range from from lawyers to politicians to academics. They all have a different experience when it comes to this work, and it, it's really interesting to hear that. I do agree. Uh, with uh, Emily and your comment about really making it part of your identity uh, as far as civic engagement goes and uh, making it part of yourself to try to bring as many people into our democracy and strengthen as possible. And it reminded me of, of uh, John Lewis's quote right before he passed that uh, democracy is an act uh, rather than a state. And I think that's incredibly important. It's reflective of what we do. Uh, as far as personally, I think about this a lot just because I get to hear it uh, quite a bit. I don't think I've ever had the chance to answer it, but I think what we've seen, and this is another, I mentioned earlier, kind of, I don't want to say bright spots out of this pandemic because there were just so many negatives. It's so overwhelming, but things that we can look forward to in the future is uh, a lot of things that we did in terms of election participation, actually, we, we could turn to uh, post pandemic and out of this year with such as th things like uh, early voting. I think that that is a tremendous way to strengthen our democracy and, and make sure that it's not restrictive on you're allowed to go vote on this one specific day, which is a weekday. Uh, and, you know, obviously not everybody has access to that kind of thing. College students, uh, adults, everybody in between. Uh, so I think that expanding early voting is a tremendous way to be able to do that, get really get people involved. And we saw how many, the magnitude, uh, the, the pure number of people that chose to do that in Virginia and across the country, it, it was really incredible to see that people still put their civic participation uh, in, in, as a priority, in, you know, in the middle of what we're going through. Right. 
Drew, what would you do to strengthen our democracy? I would try to get as many college students and the next generation of organizers inspired and willing to support the work uh, we're doing here at the center. Uh, far after my time at JMU comes to an end, uh, inspiring students to see the power and worth in our democracy for the individual, uh, for, in our university, in our society as a whole. Um, and also showing that our democracy isn't invincible, it can be threatened, uh, it takes work and thoughtfulness to protect it. Um, like, I think it's I think it's more systematic. Um, I think we're doing a lot of great work, you know, at the individual level where, you know, I'm actually confident that eventually, like, people are going to become more uh, engaged. But, like, one of the systematic issues I, I see is, like, for example, the size of the House of Representatives. Um, I think it's just asinine that there are only 435 people representing something like 330 million people in the United States of America. I mean, I understand our representative democracy and I and I, I would like to re retain that and I appreciate it. But there's got to be a point where we're like, yeah, how can someone effectively represent you know, uh, people that are supposed to represent the people? How can they effectively represent, you know, 700,000 people? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous that my congressman, Ben Klein, can somehow represent, you know, people from Front Royal uh, through Lexington down to down to Roanoke, you know, in parts of Lynchburg. I, I just I just think it's ridiculous. Uh, and number two, I, I think the the parties themselves are just awful. And like I belong to the, I belong to one of them and I, uh, I I understand their purpose. But, you know, at, at one point. These, it's just ridiculous that we have to choose from these uh, these two this duopoly you know and they, they they think they have this idea of what the American people want and uh, I don't think I don't think they have any idea it, I don't know if anyone's seen Napoleon Dynamite but there's this scene in Napoleon Dynamite where he draws this picture of uh, this girl he likes named Trisha and like when you see it it's such a bad picture i mean it's just a it's both a lack of, of of skill and art and the fact that he just doesn't really know what she looks like that much and that's how i felt when this covid bill came out like no it's it's as though no one in congress has a a freaking clue what the american people want or need they're just adding all of this nonsense and it comes from both parties i mean no, no one is, is any more guilty than another person i mean they are all doing it so um yeah i just i think i think we have to i think we should expand the house of representatives i think we should at the individual level we should try to move away from the two-party uh system this duopoly we have I think we should implement, implement things like ranked choice voting to ensure that the, the people we elect are preferred by a majority of their constituents. Um, and I think, you know, when it comes to voting, I think if if there's an idea for voting, right, to, to make it easier and you can do it without, you know, uh, uh, hurting the integrity of, the, of our election process, then, I mean, you, it, you should do it. I mean, it should almost be a mandate anything that can be done without hurting our political process should be should be implemented and, and i think things like early voting same day registration um auto, automatic registration i think all of that i think those are all very good ideas i think for me it comes down super simply we gotta learn like to love each other like it sounds hokey it sounds kind of saccharine but we have so much more in common with the person that's living next door. And I think if we just approached life's decisions with how can I help my neighbors? And then if you have a whole community thinking about how they can help their neighbors, you just got a whole bunch of people that are looking out for each other um, and really, you know, being intentional about what the people around them need and not just what one individual needs um and i think that kind of community oriented thinking would really strengthen our democracy yeah i definitely agree with um what diego just said if i could snap my fingers right now it would be um to expand voting rights but in more general terms i feel like people always talk about um keeping politics like taboo like don't talk about politics don't mention it you know 
don't bring it up around your grandpa because he's going to get mad. Um, And I just, I think that also going back to what Diego said, just trying to rebuild um, civil society in general, making politics, um, you know, civic learning, civic social studies, all of those different things more encouraged, more acceptable. You know, you're excited that your kid is taking a civic engagement class in middle school. You're not upset by it. I think that's really important um, because if we can't have like a conversation about these topics, I mean, what conversations can we have? You know, I think that it's just so important to normalize Um, civic learning and civic engagement in general. And it's okay to 100% disagree, but I think that the way at least American society is going right now, um, it's not going to last and it's dangerous. And I think um, that the first thing we need to do is just be able to have these conversations with other people. I think that's really important. Just to tag on, uh, well, to both what Angelina and Diego said, um, like, first of all, like, expanding voter rights is, is unnecessary. Um, and, you know, squalling, I, I hope I'm using that word right, uh, voter suppression isn't necessary. Um, there's so many, there's still so many barriers <laughs> um, to true voting, you know, true voter access um, for all Americans um, that that are, are specifically meant to uh, to affect uh, particular minority groups, and you know if if we could have that t- diminished and we can have that removed, uh, we might have uh, I guess a true democracy. We might have uh, a more engaged citizen citizenry. And also, uh, I really like what Diego had mentioned um, about, uh, uh, you know, meeting, like, work, I mean, being, I guess, sort of being in the company of your neighbors. And that's something that I, ironically, I started, you know, doing during this pandemic, um, you know, all things social distantly, of course. But uh, I, I met my neighbors for the first time during this pandemic. And I've been living in my apartment for this. This is going on my second year, but before the pandemic, I didn't know who my neighbors were. I we didn't talk to each other. We just we just kept it as is. I I we all had our own individual lives and whatnot. But you know, I for the first time, I I, I met my neighbors. We we were like giving each other like all of them, like my uh, my neighbors, um, at least on my floor. Like we were out here giving each other's you know, gift baskets or care packages rather, um, with like hand sanitizer, mask and all these different things. And it was, it was really sweet and it was really cute. And it was like, Oh wow. I would never expect to be doing this. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't think, I think in, a, I guess in American society, especially for, um, our generations, for people who are, you know, who are, you know, you know, 18 to 22 24 25 um are a lot of us don't necessarily take the time to meet our neighbors to engage with one another uh like if we're able to you know start engaging with the people around us and start to build community then we might have some we might have something stronger uh for the present and for the future because it's sort of it's sort of like it goes back it goes to the I guess the old saying like if I have bread I'm gonna break it with you um and sort of like if I come up you come up um and if we're doing that within our community then I think that at the same time we can have people who are, are more willing to be engaged who actually want to participate in you know in, in the you know in the politics and the different things that happen that affects that affect us that affect uh that affect you that affect your neighbor uh, but yeah i think that's how you sort of uh i think that's how you strengthen democracy 
Nadia, what more would you do to strengthen democracy? Once again, uh, education is extremely important and for me is to not only help others get information that they need, but also keep educating myself on uh, different issues. Um, it's interesting how Kyle and Diego talked about being closer to your neighbors. Um, it's been a trend uh, happening with the pandemic. Uh, is that we started to get we started getting to know our neighbors a little more as when we were before that we were individuals now now we know about who lives right next to us and using these connections to educate ourselves and others uh, that that's in my opinion how we can strengthen our democracy. It starts small. Thank you all so much for spending time with us to reflect on. 2020 to think about this challenging year and to think about what we can do to continue to work towards a more just and inclusive democracy.